Hi, and welcome to Captivated Audience. My name is Marie Lundberg, and I'm joined as always by Sam Sheen, my good friend and professional colleague. Hi, Sam. How are you doing today? Marie, I am doing great. This Monday was described in the UK papers as Jabby Monday, and it just so happens that day I got my first vaccination. So really, really happy. Congratulations. That's awesome news. Definitely. So today is April 1st, right? It is indeed. (laughs) And it's nobody's fool's day, right? Or is it? No, it is absolutely not. And always remember, after 12 o'clock, all the jokes have to stop. But we are not joking today because we have an excellent guest and we are focusing on innovation, aren't we? We are definitely. And it is a pleasure to welcome Wayne Johnson to Captivated Audience. Thank you for joining us, Wayne. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate the chance. Could I ask you, please, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your current role is. And in this day and age, where are you based in the world? (laughs) Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Encompass Corporation, uh, and we're based in the UK, although we operate in a number of different countries, but I actually live in Sydney, Australia. And so uh, since, I guess, the beginning of COVID, I've been uh, here and uh, working UK hours from Australia, but, you know, as as we all have to do, it's it's a global world. So for those who are not familiar with Encompass, can you tell us a little bit about your company, what you do in the financial crime prevention space, and how long have the companies been around for? Uh, yeah, sure. Encompass is a reg tech company. We were founded in 2011 by myself and my business partner, Roger Carson. Our focus is in the uh, KYC space, the ability to assist corporations and banks and other financial institutions to onboard their customers far more quickly and effectively. We operate, uh, as I mentioned, in the UK and across Europe and Asia Pacific and uh, also North America. I've noticed, Wayne, on your website, so I saw that you have an article on KYC utilities, but I have also heard that you're not just writing about the benefits in theory, um, but you're actually putting some of those ideas into practice. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we've been involved, I guess, with a, a couple of KYC utilities. And I guess utilities are those uh, organizations brought together to provide a KYC service on behalf of uh, a group of customers. Typically, it's banks. And I guess the one we've had the most experience with in the Nordic region, the Invidem group, who uh, were brought together by uh, the six major banks across the Nordic region. And for the purpose of helping them to centralize some of their KYC functions, to do it more effectively and more efficiently, and help them to respond to their challenges. And we were selected uh, as part of a, a process by Invidem. Uh, they've been around now for about two years or so. And at the, at the beginning of their process, they looked uh, a field for partners to work with. And we were fortunate enough to be selected by them as one of their key partners. And uh, you know, they're in the, in the process now of rolling that out to their member banks in the Nordic region. I, I suspect if you looked at, re- at utilities across the world, they are probably one of the more advanced in their thinking and their approach. And I suspect uh, we'll have a great chance of success in servicing their customer banks. So Wayne, since I'm based here in the Nordics, I have to follow up with a question. We rely heavily on our public registers and available data. We all use our electronic identification, both as an individual or a representative of a company or a UBO. So any thoughts on that? Has that made your life easier as a reg tech provider or has it actually made it a bit, a bit more complex? No, I think you're right. I think there is a different attitude towards the use of data in the Nordics. Accessing all that data from many different sources and bringing it together and coalescing into a single view is really what our product does, and that's what's been important to the utility. 
the, the utility is focused on those banks that are onboarding corporate customers. Uh, a lot of it has been uh, dealing with the various country registers and other sources of information. And that's an important part of what the utility will deliver to their banking customer base. Tell us, Wayne, how is that process going when you all now work remotely? It hasn't been that much of a challenge, but we also have people on the ground in the Nordic region. And uh, that combined with you know a very tight connection to our development groups and product groups and so on, wherever they may be spread across the globe, works well for us. You know, Marie, that's something we should talk about in a future podcast, because I remember being of a certain vintage where you'd see amazing jobs around the world for compliance, but you'd think, geez, I'd have to relocate to like another country. And it's so different now. Talent can be, you know, harnessed all over the world. It's just absolutely amazing. But that's for another day. So wait, let's talk about IPAs. And no, we're not talking about beer. We're talking about intelligent process automation, which is something else you folks have written about on your website. So what's the idea behind that concept? Uh, Intelligent process automation is all about maximizing efficiency and time. It's about using technology that can be applied to automate those tasks, either by rule-based or AI-based, which will save cost, but also provide potentially a more thorough and effective way of doing the job. And we use IPA quite effectively in what we do in delivering our service to customers in KYC. A lot of the KYC task, at least at the initial stage, is gathering documents and accessing sources of information quickly and effectively and assimilating that information to get real knowledge out of that data that you're collecting. And that can be a very time-consuming process. And often very talented analysts are spending most of the time in the gathering phase. Our product really is able to use that IPA to be able to apply that and intelligently gather the information, analyze it, determine what else it needs to gather based on what it's analyzed and build that picture for them, allowing individual analysts to to really focus on what they're good at, which is identifying the elements that they need to make a decision out of. Wayne, now you are speaking my language, time, efficiencies and good processes in place. So if I were to look at this from an internal auditor's perspective, what would be the benefits of us applying IPA? You know, most of the customers that we deal with have spent a lot of time looking at their existing processes. They've analyzed the data they want to put into the process. They're clear about the information they want to collect and the steps they want to take. And sometimes they can be very complex and use literally hundreds of different sources of information. Because they've spent the effort doing that, our job isn't to change that process, but it's to emulate it and do it quickly and effectively. And in fact, to take the time down from whatever it is to perhaps 5 or 10% of the time otherwise to do that. So it's really not about changing the process. It's really about how do we supercharge the process. Why did you pick KYC as the specific component of financial crime prevention compliance? Why that? Well, you know, it's an area where the regulations continue to increase. Its cost and impact to businesses is growing, and it has been large for some time. In some ways, it's almost a tax that all consumers and businesses have to pay to do business that the bank has to absorb. And it's a big problem. It's a global problem. It applies to every institution around the world and the way they've implemented the regulations. And it's a problem that if you apply the right APA to IPA technology and access the right information, you can really make a big difference. It's a, it's a problem that's really worth solving. So Wayne, can we touch upon the topic of adverse media? I sense there's still a quite a reluctance of some kind in some jurisdictions, especially here in the Nordics, to use adverse media as one of the many parameters when completing a KYC process. What are your thoughts on that? Two part, there's 
a number of distinct stages to the KYC process. One of the first stages is to make sure you fully understand the business structure you're dealing with. That requires a lot of effort and focus. And in fact, that takes up most of the time, which is where we focus most of our attention. The adverse media piece is also important, but you also need that complete structure to identify all the entities that you want to undertake adverse media on. And then you've got a range of choices as how you bring the information together and how you use clever processes, potentially AI and other tools, to find the risk-relevant information that you use. And there are a range of companies who specialise specifically in that task. In the majority of what we do, 90% perhaps of, or 70% of customers that a bank or others may have are relatively low risk. And that process is, not, is relatively simple as a result. It's the more complex customers where that becomes a bigger issue and you may need specialized tools to address it. You know, Marie, it's interesting. I listened to Anna Isel the other day. You'll remember her from oh, yes. uh, one of the German banks. And she mm. was talking about trying to improve their KYC process. And she was saying in some instances, it was taking six months to onboard some corporate clients. And they were trying to figure out where the pain points were. And it, it's really interesting what Wayne's just been talking about, because that, that's that been the real conundrum for them to figure out wh- where does it keep getting sticky? You know, where, where are the bits they don't seem to be able to make more efficient in their process? And she He's come up with some really interesting insights about what they learned about people's behavior as well when it comes to KYC. What, what really seemed to resonate out was not just the beginning part of the KYC, but how do you know your customer throughout the whole relationship? Because that seems to be a bit of a different exercise, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. Well, the customer lifecycle plays a really big part and We have touched upon that a few times here on the podcast when we spoke to David Buxton at Arachnes and Ben Marsh at IMETA, who both spoke about, you know, this concept of continuous KYC. So, Wayne, I am coming once again for your thoughts on that. Is this a realistic, buildable functionality for financial institutions, you think? You know, it's a driver that many organisations have because they currently spend a lot of time and effort remediating existing customers to a certain level of regulation and review. And that process is time consuming. And I think that many in the industry would like to see a point where um, they could maintain their entire customer base on a daily basis by looking at all the issues and alerts that may come around and dealing with them. And that's uh, certainly an important goal. It's a multi-year goal for most organisations and it's one they need to work towards. But the basis for that really is having some automation to be able to have a single digital view of what your customer looks like. That's really the core of of the start of it. Once you've got that, you can deal with changes that are alerted by the customer, changes that come in from registries, alerts from your own automating systems, uh, alerts from screening processes, But the core of it really is that digital customer profile. And uh, building that automatically and building that digitally is really what we're about. It's it's almost the foundation upon which you can then build more useful components like an automated way of dealing with changes in information. And then you can risk assess it. You can determine what's important to your organisation and then you can deal with alerts. And once again, when we talk about efficiency, you know, one collective view of the customer data is quite helpful when you are submitting the SARS in contact with law enforcement and so forth. I think most customers are driving towards that in one form or another. You know, in a large organization, it's not easy to achieve, but it's certainly that's what their goal is. And that can be used for many different purposes, but primarily the ability to refresh that, to, to, to compare it uh, and do that in an automated way. because 
The last thing institutions need is more alerts, more manual process to deal with those alerts. That's not going to help. And perpetual KYC is about the automation strategies to deal with those uh, changes as they occur day to day. So Wayne, we've had a number of different technology providers on the podcast since we began. You know, we heard from Adam at Nice, Actimize, right? We heard Alexon from Quantexa. We heard Chris Gann over at SAS. And we put them to the test and said, great tech, tell us how it actually detected some financial crime. And of course, they work around, for those podcasts, the transaction monitoring space. So it would be unfair of us to let you off the hook and not ask the question, when working with your clients, have you heard any stories where your technology has actually helped them to detect some suspicious characters trying to get through the door? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked that question because it was probably about six or eight weeks ago that we were in a presentation with a customer and typically they would use our product and run a number of cases through it to see what they discover and compare it to their existing process. And in doing that, one of their customers, they ran it through and suddenly discovered a whole series of all of the beneficial owners in jurisdictions with backgrounds that were very concerning to them. And this was a, what looked like a low-risk customer. And it was just interesting to see their faces turn pale, their eyes light up. They stopped the conversation about the process we were running and just took a side to look just specifically at this data. So to see it happen in real time in front of us was, was quite an interesting example. Wow, that's the ultimate proof of concept right there it on the spot during the demo. <laughs> yep. And, you know, and one of the things you find with IPA, it's not just about costs and efficiency, it's actually about thoroughness. Running an IPA process, you can do things in a more thorough way that you simply can't rely on analysts to do because of fatigue, because of time pressures and all sorts of things. And that was really the difference here is that it was able to um, follow their process completely and take all the steps necessary and do all the analysis. And that's why it ended up finding you know, literally ultimate beneficial owners, which were not found in the first process that was run by a, you know, a, a skilled analyst. Is it just a stream of numbers like we see in the matrix or how, how were you able to quickly say, hey, wow, there are some people you didn't know about here? I think that's a really good point. You have to visualize it. You have to um, draw the picture of the corporate structure and then allow the user to drill into that corporate structure and go further and find more and more. And that's really what our product does. It's backed up by the original source data from the registry in real time. That visualization where you can identify risk through different means of coloring other items which have high risk brings people's attention to the areas they need to see quickly. And you can see common links sometimes that weren't obvious, that came from multiple sources or it came from very disparate sources. It's a very powerful way of an analyst to be able to see that picture and pick risk quickly. Final question for today's podcast. What is on the map for 2021 when it comes down to Encompass? I guess for, for us, it's uh, we are expanding our teams across Europe. We're expanding our teams in North America. That's an exciting thing for us as we grow the business. But we're also working more deeply with our, with our customers and adding functionality to the product, but also adding breadth of data and really responding to where they want to see the product go as they continue to work with us to find ways to optimize their processes. It's amazing what you learn if you just listen to customers. You know, they'll tell you where their pain points are in this process. And if we respond to that, it just makes for a great outcome together. And on that note, if you would like to give us some suggestions about future topics for our podcast, or if you'd even like to just come on and share some of your insight as a financial crime professional or innovation solution provider, feel free to reach out to us on our dedicated website, captivatedaudience.eu, or you can also drop us a line on our LinkedIn page. 
Until then, Wayne Johnson, thank you so much for staying up halfway around the world to chat with us. I hope you get the chance to go and enjoy an IPA yourself. Thanks for listening to us. Please show up for your vaccinations and as always, stay safe. <laughs>